Welcome back to the DT Wave podcast, episode eight. You're joined with your girl, Miss Shelly Sharma. And Liba Baig. So on today's podcast, we're lucky enough to speak about personal finance, stocks and careers. And we've invited a special guest to help us explain this further. So without further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself. So Sachin Patel. Hey guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank really you for joining it. us. Thanks yes. for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, my name's Sachin. I am from Crawley. Uh, personally known Liber since I was maybe like four years old. Literally. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm from Broadfield to be specific. I'm not even to bait myself out. <laughs> but, um, and I went to Holy Trinity and then did my A-levels and I'm currently at University of Nottingham doing economics. And I have worked in finance and I will be working in finance once I graduate. And Yay. I have basically been, as part of my job, um, I have to learn how to invest and I have to learn about uh, markets and, and finances. And that's basically what I've been dedicating my life towards for the past five years, maybe. And it, particularly like personal finances um, over the past like year or so. So that's basically what I'm going to talk about today. And um, if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in becoming wealthy, then not only am I going to tell you the root causes of what's stopping you from being wealthy, but hopefully... I can tell you exactly how to do it as well. So the first thing that I wanted to kind of get into is how would you describe what personal finance is? Because I feel like people hear that and it just goes straight over their head. So what would you Mm. define that as? Sure. So as you said, it goes over their head because I feel like when you mention personal finance, they think, okay, save. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I need to save money in my bank account. Um, to, To do your finances properly, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of different things. Personal finance is really managing your money. So it's saving, yeah. investing, and budgeting. And it's basically seeing where are all your monetary resources at any time. How many streams of income do you have? What proportion of your expenses are going on rent? How much of, what proportion of your expenses are on materialistic things, food? Um, what proportion of your savings do you invest? Um, and you know, how, how is your income growing? So it's really uh, a combination of all those things to be as efficient as possible and essentially being in a position to make sure you're comfortable that you can afford the essential things in life, such as rent, shelter, food, and also being able to enjoy yourself, but within your means as well. Absolutely. And the most important thing is making sure that you can retire comfortably or retire as early as possible yeah absolutely that makes complete sense that makes I, feel, complete sense. I feel like retirement is something that in our age as well is so overlooked like no yeah, one that when you retire like you you're not working so you need to make sure you have enough money mm. do you know what I mean so I feel like that's I feel like that's really yeah. important to speak about as well I think people don't even I, consider it honestly speaking I'm, like they don't even think about retirement because they're like oh that's so far away or you know yeah and here's the thing the one thing we will touch on later is you would have heard about oh, building assets, buying assets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The reason people bang on about it is because let's say you even retire at 60, right? And average life expectancy is 20. So you've got 20 years to live. On a government pension, you're probably getting oh, maybe £200 a month. Yeah, which some, is ridiculous. Some sort of figure like that, which is ridiculous. Yes. And um, between 60 and 80, you're retired now. So you want to go traveling. You want to give inheritance to your kids, whatever. 20 years is a long time to live. Yeah. yeah. And you need enough money to burn through. Um, and if you want to retire early, because everyone wants to retire early, they want to become an entrepreneur, they want to be rich, and they want to retire at 30, 35, so they can do whatever they want. If you retire at 30, 35, what the hell are you going to do 
for the next 40, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, I always say this. I always right? say this. So you, you, you'll never actually stop working. If you want to stop working, you need to have assets that give you an income and that starts early. Absolutely. And this is the point that we're Absolutely. going to get on to. Would that, like, explain to us, like, paint us a picture of everything that you are envisioning. First thing you should probably ask yourself um, when it comes to building wealth, um, to be wealthy, right, there's no set number. So it's not like once you have a million in your account, you're wealthy, or once you have 500k, you're wealthy. Wealth is personal to you because it depends on your lifestyle. It depends on what makes you content in life. So um, what is, you know, firstly, what was your motivation for becoming wealthy in the first place? Why, why do you want a lot of money? Yeah. For me, so first ask yourself, what do you want out of life? What do you value? For me, um, I want the nice house. I want a big house. Um, I want the pool. I want the cinema, obviously. <laughs> obviously, um, obviously. This, 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 that, that, that comes with having a, a better quality of life. But that, that's something I want. I want to be able to travel. Yeah. That gives me a lot of value, seeing the world. I want to be able to um, give as much money as I can to my parents. I want to buy them whatever house they need. My dad is dream car. I want to buy my kids a better future, make sure they go to the top education, that they can play all their sports that they want at the highest level. That all brings me satisfaction in life. Yeah. If I can do all those things, then I'll consider myself successful. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just going to stop you there for are... one second. I actually want to know, mm. Shelly, what's your one? What's your, what is, what do you want out of life? What, what... do I want out of life? Oh, yeah. What are you working towards? I'll be honest. Like, I, you know what I'm like, one minute I want to do this, one minute I want to do that. But I feel like for me, what I want out of life is I just want to wake up every day not feeling like I'm going to work even though I am going to work does that make sense like I want to have that one job that I I don't mind waking up at 5am and I want to just get out of bed and get to work I think once I've achieved that I would would, yeah I feel like I'd be successful if I achieved that I get you I get you I think my one is more like I want to be able to do what I want like I don't want to be able I don't want to be in like shackles like I need to stay at my job I need to do this yeah you know what I mean? Like, I want to, if I wanted to one day wake up, I think even since I was younger, I wanted to just do a million things, like be an artist, be this, be that. Like, I want to be able to do all the, I'm still going to do all those things. I don't care. But it's about, can I do all those things and still live comfortably? That's what mm. is important to me. But yeah, obviously, as well, I want a dream car, you know, I want a nice house. I want comfortability. That's what I want. I don't even mm. want to be rich. I want to be comfortable. Like, yeah, you want a nice quality of life. Exactly. Yeah, like us being like our age and we see all these things on social media, it's like, I want this, I want that. But like, you can have these luxuries, but you need to work towards it. And I feel like when mm. you do get them, you're going to, you you will feel that satisfaction. Like, wow, like I've spoken into existence yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. Exactly. And I feel like, I uh, know this is a, shifting a bit <laughs> but it's like that idea that like social media just kind of it obviously is going to show everyone's best bits so you know people might have you know the really nice car or this or that but it's like that's all part of it like they're working towards you're not going to see the behind the scenes like yeah. don't mm. start comparing yourself to something that's still a work in progress do you know what I mean yeah, but, yeah. and the thing with in common with everything we've just said you know when, when people look on Instagram when you see the nice houses and you see the the, the nice luxury holidays people go on all these things right and what's the stuff I mentioned? So you've got a house, you've got um, maybe like you might want a big wedding, you might want this, this and that. These are all big expenses, right? Absolutely. That you need to start. Everyone starts saving for a house as early as possible. Yeah. All these things that I want are big expenses. So what that means is I can't afford to be spending it on stupid materialistic stuff now. Yeah. Um, because that is going to give me temporary satisfaction. That that is not going to help me get to the bigger stuff that I'm going to need in life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. If, I, if you want the bit, for those of you that look on Instagram um, and you want the, the house with the, the cinema and the pool, 
that's going to be a couple. That's realistically, you're going to need one, two million. And if you're, if you start from a working class childhood, yeah, right, you're going to have to work your ass off to get that house. And that means not spending on dumb shit when you're 18, 19, yeah. 20. Yeah. And that's probably when we're going to get onto with the first issue, the hurdle that the youth kind of need to get over. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can, I can probably explain what the four main barriers yeah. are that are going to stop you from building wealth. And I'm going to tell kind of, I guess we can talk about how to overcome these barriers as well. Absolutely. So when you're building wealth throughout your life and trying to become rich, the four main barriers that are going to stop that progress are debt. So you being in debt through credit card and car loans, taxes, okay? Because the tax rates are really high in this country. They're probably going to get higher because yeah, of COVID. Absolutely. Inflation, and inflation will get onto you. Inflation is the reason you should invest. And corporate marketing yeah. and hype. And with the youth of today, with the youth of working class kids in Crawley, I want to focus on debt and corporate marketing and hype mm-hmm. specifically. Um, this is this is this is really annoying me really recently because I'm seeing, you know, I feel bad for kids that go to non-uniform days. They have to come dripping. Yeah, with a, like you're this like is not 14 a joke years anymore. old. No, like, like you're 14 years old yet. If you're not coming. With Yeezy seven hundreds, you 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 slacked on that day. Yeah, genuinely. That's not normal. That not These normal. cars don't even work. Um, here's the thing, right? I'm seeing too many 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds who come from working class families spending on drip and materialistic things, or they're getting German cars on finance. Um, what I found is when you start from working class and you want to go up to middle class and upper class, you can't afford to be doing that. Yeah. That is not... And, and here's the thing, right? You know, look at the brands like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, right? When they're designing their clothes and their, their pricing, they're setting a price for these items. Do you think their target market is an apprentice from Crawley on 18K? You know what the crazy thing is? Now, you've said that, yeah. I was actually reading about it the other day about how Gucci actually has, like, I think it's, like, three different actual prices. So it has, like, the outlet... Yeah. Then it has like the actual the the standard brand, and then it has like the luxury where like the all the rich people, you know, like the twenty k bags yeah. and stuff like that. So even when you're buying Gucci, you're not even actually buying the Gucci that you think you're yeah. buying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's quite crazy. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. You're, it wasn't to be to put it bluntly. If you're on fifteen to twenty to twenty five, even thirty k, luxury items like that were not actually 100%. made for you because. You cannot afford to be buying that stuff if you're trying to become wealthy and have the house and have the the holidays to Dubai. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and you'll probably make, if you're working a part-time job at 18, you're probably making maybe like five, 600 a month, um, maybe 700. One piece of drip is like 300. Yeah. I don't know how much these kids are saving. Um, the first thing is getting over buying stupid materialistic stuff when you're young because no one actually cares about your stuff. Here's the thing, right? I know I, I, I've experienced it firsthand. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't want designer clothes. A year ago, um, I, was, I was cutting for whatever designer clothes were in, were in right now, right? Yeah. I think um, everyone goes through that. Thing, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Everyone wants designer clothes. Like, why wouldn't you? It's, it's the in thing. It makes you look cool. It makes you feel yeah. good. But as you mature, you, you realize that. So here's the thing. I know with the boys as well, if, if you take like a 16 to 20-year-old guy, this is what happens, right? They, they buy, they see everyone wearing like Kenzo jumpers on this and that, right? So they spend maybe like 200, 300 pounds on like a Kenzo jumper, let's just say, for example. Um, and then they wear, they, they buy it. 
and that's a lot that's a large proportion of their money yeah okay um they go to a motive with their boys and what will happen is the boys will look at the jump and they say oh that's hard bro like oh you're too drippy that's cold and that's what they're looking for that's that's yeah the validation that's the value that's the value you get Shelly, you said that at the same time did i oh man. yeah you said but did you say validation no i said satisfaction Oh, never mind then. Yeah. So, so there you go. So you, you get the compliments and everyone knows, okay, this guy buys drip, this guy's got money. Okay, that's where you get your satisfaction. Um, okay, cool. So fine, now you feel good. Um, maybe like next week, um, you go to another motive with your boys and you wear the same jumper because you spent two, three hundred pounds. You're not going to just wear it once, exactly. right? You need to make use of it. You go to the next motive, you wear it again. People already know, they've seen that jumper. Um, they know you have it. No one's going to compliment it now because, you know, we've seen it. You get no compliments. No one pays attention to your £300 jumper. The value of your jumper is gone. Uh, For you, as a a young kid, that value is probably gone. You keep wearing it. No one's going to give a shit that you have that designer jumper. And you've just spent £300 on something which is going to go out of fashion. Who wears Kenzo jumpers now? You probably get, if you're an Asian kid wearing a Kenzo jumper, you're probably going (laughs) to get violated. So you spent £300 and now it's out of fashion. And if you wear it, no so Sachin's saying, get your Kenzo jumper out of your cupboard right now because no <laughs> one wants to see it anymore. <laughs> like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, your, the, the amount that they spend on something that's just going to go out of fashion Absolutely. straight away. Like, that's, and what I'm going to teach you, what I'm going to say um, later is I'm going to give you a tool or like a, a mindset thing that will stop you from buying these things. Yeah. Or stop you from buying impulsive materialistic things. I have one. Um, it's like, so, um, obviously we've just spoke about Kenzo. Okay, this is gonna this could trigger people, but what is your opinion on essentials? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, controversial, isn't it? So look, um, <laughs> I'm laughing essentials... because I literally was like to Shelly the other day. I was like, I need to get one. I need to get one. She was like, You don't yeah, need and... one. She was like, You do not need one. I'm yeah. not gonna let you get it. And I was like, I know, I don't need it. It's corporate it's marketing like... and hype. I, that's that's what we said. Exactly. We? It's corporate marketing and hype. So the, the the essentials thing. I'm gonna be honest. I wanted same. It. Um, because I was, you, you get almost brainwashed into thinking like, oh, everyone's got it. If I post, if I wear this and I post a picture of me on your Instagram. Is this how people buy it, post a that's, picture that's, and then send it? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, that's so, a real thing. You don't even like loads of influencers. They get stuff and you go and look at their Depop or whatever else. They're selling all the shit they wore in that picture once. That's actually the reality of it. Wait, yeah. And, and the, the worst part is these influencers have money. These kids, these teenagers are going to buy it for like 300 pounds. Their money is gone. That's a sunk cost. You, you've now got a tracksuit that's going to go out of fashion soon, but you've just lost 300 quid. Mm. Um, and the Essentials tracksuit, I think a lot of people are buying it because of the hype. Um, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, 300 pounds for a tracksuit, that's nothing really special. <laughs> it just says Essentials. Um, and I think once you, oh yeah, with the Instagram thing, if you, a lot of people will buy a designer, so they can't wait to take a picture. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll dress up in the designer, They'll take a picture, put it on Instagram. Once you put it on Instagram, again, your clothes have lost value because you're not going to then post it again because you think, oh, I've already worn that outfit once. Yeah. Can't post it on the gram yeah. again. Now what the hell are you going to do that- with that piece of clothing? Mm-hmm. So this is this is um, the first thing people need to get over is buying materialistic things to impress others that don't give a shit. I mean, ask yourself this. When you're scrolling through Instagram yourself and you come across a post and someone's wearing designer, how much do you really care? Or how much does your opinion of that person change? You might look at it and think, mm, nice top, and then keep scrolling. I'll be like, That's oh, it. she's a rich bitch. I'm not even going to lie. If we're being honest, I'll be like, oh, what a rich bitch. And I'll be like, oh, mad. That's, I'm Probably. not joking. That's the reality of it. I'll look at it and, oh, she's rich. 
she's rich. But the mm. reality, the actual, actual reality is, like I said before, social media is a snippet. Like, you don't know, they might have worked mm. seven months just to get that one jumper. And here I am thinking that, do you yeah, know what I mean? That's exactly. the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. But the thing is, I, I'm seeing people, because I follow loads of people in Crawley, because I'm from there. But I know that, I don't want to make assumptions, but I know that these kids are like 19. Like, you, I don't care how much money you, you could be making like 25k at 18 years old good that's good for you but you're buying louis vuitton that's not made for you like <laughs> i i, I, I just, think if there's a smarter way to go I understand about what it you're saying. Like you, it's about you know it's not about how much you earn it's about your money management yeah. like yeah and it's it's deciding what do you want later on there's bigger purchases to come yeah you understand if you want the bigger things in life you can't be spending on dumb stuff now um and if you can get over that then you're already on you know your path to building your wealth we're not saying um, by the way don't get us wrong we're not saying don't treat yourself or don't oh, you know no, what I mean yeah, like if you want something so bad do it like get it but then it's mm. about like Sachin said it's about being smart about it like you know if you're gonna if you know you're gonna post it and you're gonna wear it once and you're doing it for people if you know deep down you sit down and think about it, you're doing it for people then you don't want it then you want the look mm. of it you want what comes with it you don't yeah. want that it's like weighing out you want the feeling it's like weighing it. out the opportunity costs so i can either spend 200 pounds on buying yeah. a hoodie or i could save that 200 pounds and in five years that 200 pounds could go towards a deposit for a house for example yes shelly you have basically touched on the main thing that was going to come on to next which is what is what is your 200 pound going to be worth in 10 years and this is the trick of stopping you or discouraging you from spending stupidly um so here's the thing right yeah i'm going to tell you guys how to invest later on and exactly how to do it um but one thing is the one investment is called the s&p 500 uh all it is it is the collection of the top 500 companies in the u.s um it's an it's an asset that you buy and i'll come on to it later i'll explain it in detail um but just to give an example that asset has over the last hundred years on average returned nine percent every year yeah that's a lot now um i've got an interest rate calculator here and this is the power of compounding right so what's so compounding? your money grows so compounding is when it's kind of like a snowball effect right so let's say you have 100 pounds yeah. and you get 10 percent interest it's compounding interest what that mean is after a year you'll get 10 pound interest because 10 percent of 100 pound so you have 110 now instead of in the next year instead of getting 10 percent yeah. on the original 100 pounds you're going to get okay, 10% on the 100. Yeah, I remember learning about this. Yeah, that makes sense. So the next year, instead of getting £10 interest, you're going to get £11. So now, what's 110 plus 11? What's yeah. that? 121? Yeah. Now you're going to get 10% on the £121. And it's going to snowball and snowball. And I'm going to tell you guys the effects of it now. Um, this actually brings me nicely onto this thing that I saw. I saw a Supreme t-shirt. It was a plain black t-shirt with the word Supreme on it. Okay. You, no one cares that you wear it, okay? You can wear it once and it's lost its value. So think about this, right? If you invested just... So you're going to buy a £200 t-shirt, right? That's going to go out of fashion in a year. Your opportunity cost is this. You put £200 into this asset, the S&P 500, that's returned 9% a year on average. And we'll say... Let's say what, what you're, you're 20 years old, so maybe 30, in 15 years' time, 35, you want to be financially free, Right? Um, two hundred pound in fifteen years will be worth. That'll be near to a thousand. Thousand pound. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. So, here's the thing, right? 
that's only 200 that is what you would do is you would invest mm-hmm. every month right yeah. but what i'm saying is you all them all your money now is going to be worth thousands in the future your 200 pound is worth a grand your 500 pound is worth god knows how much that's the money you're giving up so you're buying a t-shirt now for 200 but that 200 could be worth a couple grand later on in life and it's all going to add but, up but are you talking about like that money is going to be worth that much if you invest invest it or do you mean generally yeah if you okay invest yeah it, so that's what he means it. he doesn't mean just generally just you're invested 100 pounds a month mm-hmm. That's a small amount of money. And obviously your income will grow over your lifetime. So you'll be able to invest more than £100. Even if you invested £100 a month, so this is how much you need to be putting away. That would be 35 grand. That's mad. You would have invested. After 15 years, you would have put in 48 grand. And, well, after 40 years, you would have put in 48 grand. That, that £100 a month for 40 years would give you 471k. And you would have only put in 48,000. That's insane. That's actually insane. That's actually crazy. Right. So basically, £100 a month. So if you're 20 years old, in 40 years' time, you're 60, you want to retire. Yeah. Right? In 40 years' time, £100 a month for 40 years straight will give you about 500 k You would have only invested 48000 That is a oh, That is a lot. That's a lot. And that's a tiny, that's a tiny That's just, that's just £100 a month. Like imagine, like, let's say that's 200 or like £300 a month. And to put it into perspective, that's probably about four just eat orders or four deliveries. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. So you're, you're basically saying, how much money is this going to cost me in the future? Do you want 50 grand at 50 years old off 200 pounds or do you want that 200 pound t-shirt? Oh, that's mad. That's the way I think about it. I um, want to throw something. Yeah, I'm so yeah, energetic. Right? Yeah, I can't believe that. Like, what the hell? It's... That is actually crazy. Um, and I'm going to give you some more examples later on that compounding stuff as well. Okay, something I want to um, bring up on, because obviously you said how if you invest this much, like you can get this much in the future. But then can we like speak on like the topic of inflation? So for example, everything rises. So mm. surely if you're, yeah. if you're saving money and in the future it's more money than you've initially saved, does that mean that your initial spending mm. cost would also increase like because of inflation and stuff? Yeah, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> So that's fine. It's okay. So obviously, we want to answer why do you need to invest? Why should it, why can I not just save my money in my bank account and save and save and save? Um, so there's two reasons, right? So I'm looking at this this compounding calculator, right? If you saved a hundred pounds a month, right? So if you moved a hundred pounds from your current yeah. account into your savings account every month, after 40 years, you would save yeah. 48,000. Had you invested that? Oh, and that 48,000, it's going to be subject to inflation. It will erode, right? Had you invested that? That instead of moving into your savings account, having if you had invested that, it would be worth five hundred k rather than forty eight. Okay. Now, inflation is basically um, the general increase in prices of all goods and products. So, if you go into a supermarket, you'll notice that prices of things have risen over the years. You know, bread used to be maybe five p a loaf. Now it's like now it's a pound. So the world is getting wealthier, so prices increase. Okay, and inflation is generally around around two percent, which means Every year, the general price of anything will increase by 2%. Now, this is why you invest. Let's say yeah. you have £100 in your bank account and you, um, you just leave it there. Just completely leave it there. Um, so a bike, I don't know, a bicycle, let's just say, for example, is £100. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy that bicycle today because you have £100, but you don't. Cool. In a year's time, because of inflation at 
that bike is now 102 pounds. Yeah. You can no longer buy that bike. You have gotten poorer. That's mad. Right? Because 100 pounds was just sitting there. The world around you got richer and everything got more expensive. Yeah. But your wealth stayed the same. Your investments need to beat that 2% mark. So if your investment, whatever you invest in, gives you a 5% return every year, then your actual return will be 3%. Oh, so 5% minus your 2% okay. inflation. So you, whatever you do, whenever you invest, you need to beat a 2% return to get oh, to build wealth. Oh, that's mad. That's actually a bit mad. That's actually a bit mad. To beat inflation. That's actually crazy. Okay. Which is why all that money in your savings account, you go check your savings account right now. You ask your bank how much interest you get on your savings. You're going to get 0.1%, 0.01%. And inflation is 2%. So I'm going to, where's my calculator? This is ridiculous. If you put, if you had a thousand pounds in your savings and you're getting 0.01% interest after a year, you would have got 10 pence. That makes me feel so yeah. stupid. Honestly. Instead of a hundred. That makes me feel sick. I feel like I'm being Instead of And saving a hundred pounds at our age, like, especially being a student pounds. for me, saving like a thousand pound, let's say, that's a big deal. Like. It's not easy. And knowing that I'm getting like 10p, like, what? I know. You're getting 10p. You know what, though? One thing is, though, I think um, one thing that people kind of shy away from when it comes to investments is that idea that you're going to lose the money or there's a risk in mm. it or, you know, this, that, the other. Yeah. So what do you say about that? Because, for mm. example, let me give you an example. My dad hates, I can't even bring up the word investing in front of him. He'll probably start crying. Like, he <laughs> hates it. Like, he's from yeah. the generation where you buy assets like gold and, you know, this, that. You buy yeah, a Rolex yeah, yeah. that will increase in value. Mm. You buy things like assets. You don't invest. You don't do that because yeah. they'll take your money. It's all, it's all a business yeah. and they're taking your money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What do you have to say to that? So, I would say you shouldn't be afraid of risk because um, here's why going back to people spending on stupid things right so you're making a decision whether to spend on a materialistic item or to invest it now let's say you go and invest your money into a safe asset or a safe you know a stock or um you know something in the financial market that's fairly safe um obviously there is some risk that it could go down um you go and spend say like i said 200 pound on a t-shirt or 500 pound a month on a car you don't get a return on your investment. That money is gone. Guaranteed, yeah. you've lost 100% yeah. of it. That, that, the whole amount of that money is gone. When you invest, there is a chance you could get back less. So that £200, you invest it, you might get back 180 Cool, you lost £20. Um, but the upside is where you're going to build your wealth. And that's where you make the decision where, you know, why do people have such an issue in investing and think, oh, it's a bit risky, and then put £300 on like, I don't know, like whatever stupid yeah, thing yeah. that they don't need, and they've lost a hundred percent. Like they're not getting anything back. At least you would have got the hundred and eighty back. Whereas, yeah. was... okay, so but for exactly. example, let's say like it's not a t-shirt. Let's say for example, it's gold or it's a Rolex or it's a Birkin bag or whatever. Mm. On that, on stuff like that, you it does um, obviously appreciate over time. What about that? Yeah, yeah. So it's well one that's that's more niche so and and the capital you need if you're buying a birkin bag you only need like 100 grand so you're already already yeah. rich um same with the rolex you know if you're putting 5 grand on a rolex it might be 10 grand after like 40 years um there's only so many rolexes you can buy with that much startup capital um and also you need to study you know what exactly you're buying is this rolex going to appreciate in value gold um gold is a fine investment there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not going to build you wealth in the same way because 
um, I would say that investing in real estate or the stock market mm-hmm. is going to get you a better return than gold. And it won't really compound in the same way gold will. Okay. Um, whereas when you put it into, I'm going to explain index investing later, which is a simple way of doing mm-hmm. it, but you're basically betting on the growth of the world. Okay. Essentially. And it's uh, just a more surefire way. With gold, you might get four or five percent. You're not going to get the same. It's about risk return, really. Yeah. Um, you are able to get nine percent. It's out there. It's basically the more the more risk you take, the higher your return. Yeah, that's what I'll say. Absolutely. So a savings account, there's no risk in putting your money in a savings account. Zero, but you get zero point one percent. Yeah, you get return. You'll get rewarded ten p for that. So. Yeah, exactly yeah. yeah that makes sense that makes sense and here's the thing okay so here's here's uh the thing with risk that i'll explain for young people why you should take lots of risk you're only 20 you've got your entire life yeah. to make your money back if anything ever happens absolutely you have to take risk when you're younger because you think life is a bit longer than you think like even if you're broke at 30 you can 10 years time you'll be fine like you can always bring it absolutely. back when you are old when you are like 60 years old you're coming close to retirement um, you cannot afford to lose your life savings, right? Therefore, it's not smart for an old person who's like 60, 65 to invest their money into something risky, like the stock market, for mm. example, right? Because there's a chance they could lose their retirement. Uh, and now you're really screwed. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of time to make it back because they're not going to go out and start working again and start making the life savings back. So they're going to invest in very, very safe stuff because they can't afford to lose their, uh, their retirement savings so close yeah. to retirement. When you're 18, 20 years old, you have your yeah. entire life to make money. If at 20 years old, you lose everything you have, you've got your entire life to make money. And not only that, you back. have to think about so many people. Look at your, if you're 18 years old right now, look around you. So many people probably aren't even yeah. working. Honestly. That's why I say take lots of risk now because high risk, high reward. And you've got your entire life to make money. You've got your entire life to make it back if anything Absolutely. ever went wrong. Um, so that, that's the reason for so investing and you know, accepting that risk. Um, one thing I did want to touch on was just a small thing was debt. Stay out of debt. Credit card. If you're turning 18, don't take out a credit oh, card. Oh, really? Wait. I would say okay. the opposite. I would actually say the opposite. Why Only reason I would say it is I would say get a credit card. Don't go crazy with it. Don't. This is a, it's about responsibility. When it comes to credit cards, it's about responsibility. Mm. If you can spend, so say, for example, you take out a credit card, you have £500 credit on there. Cool. Every month, yeah. just spend £50. That's spend it. that money and know that every month you can pay the full amount back. That will help build your credit score. Mm. And the, the, the sooner you start building your credit score, the better it's going to be later on in life. I genuinely believe that. I don't know if you agree. You don't have yeah. to agree. So I agree that the biggest benefit of a credit card is building yeah. a credit score because it shows that you can pay back your debts. See, the issue is that with you, you're sensible. Oh, such a that, Stop that's, it. That's why it works. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah. it works. Um, the biggest issue, you know, when you talk about, oh, the country's in debt, so many people are in debt, this, this and that. It's because of credit it is, cards. It is. Because people spend people spend money that they don't have to impress people that they don't like. Or they don't and know. the biggest issue, the biggest reason people are in debt in the UK is because it's of credit crazy. Cards. That's why I mean, they're so You know dangerous. what? It's actually crazy. They're just not sensible. No, it's it. so true because we think of debt. Whenever any speaks, anyone speaks about debt, we think of this big, scary monster in the corner of the room. Like, you know, it's so taboo. We don't know who, what it is. The reality is, it's this yeah. credit cards, it's store cards, it's Klarna that you're yeah. buying. You know, mm, stuff like that yeah. you can't afford your... You know. Yeah, if you're using Klarna, I know there's people out there that do. If you're using Klarna, you're in debt. Yeah. 
you might be able to pay it off. Sure, sure, you can pay it off. But you, you are, are in debt. debt. While you do, while you and, owe that person, while you yeah. owe that company that money, you are in debt. And if you don't pay that money back, such I've got a question for you. Obviously, me being a uni student, yeah. um, I have to be careful with money, of course. And I've been speaking to Libra about this, like for a couple mm. months now. I've been quite skeptical, skeptical of getting a credit card out. What would be your advice to a uni student if they were considering of getting a credit card? I would say, ask yourself. Yeah what do I need a credit card for? Um, how much, you know, you need to be realistic with your finances. How much, how much of it can I pay back? Um, am I using it for big purchases? Am I using it for emergencies? Or am I using it for my everyday spending? Yeah. Um, for everyday spending, you probably want a regular yeah. income, which uni students don't really have. Uni students probably have emergencies because they need cash on hand and obviously they won't have much. So credit card could come in handy for that. If you're going to use a credit card as a student for your everyday spending, you're probably not being sensible. But if you have a reason to it and you can stick to it, then you might be okay. And also make sure you have like yeah. a parent that can probably back you mm. up, you know? Or some sort of support system, which a lot of people don't have is yeah. the reality of it. Credit card credit card companies will love you to default of on your debt. They, do, they when- do not want you to pay it back. They love that. So Exactly. Exactly. That's the reality of it. That is... And this is this all ties into everything we said before about buying with, um, things to impress people and corporate marketing. So ask yourself, if you're in credit card debt right now, what, what have you spent it on that's put you in that debt? If you used a credit card to buy um, a car or a materialistic thing or like a handbag or you know something like that, that's an unnecessary purchase you've made using debt. If you're going to purchase a luxury item, it should be with your own money because you're rewarding yourself. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get that. Using debt to pay for something should be in an emergency or, you know, stuff that, you know, while you're putting yourself into debt to buy something to impress people, they don't care about what you just bought. And now, you know, you want the big house, you're looking on Instagram, you want the big house and the mansion and a big wedding. Well, you might not get a mortgage for that house because you ruined it at 20. Little things that you do now can like affect the picture so everything you do now even if it's a minor thing like it will somehow affect you later on so yeah um that's that so those are kind of covered the four main we'll get on to taxes so if you repeat the four main uh, so just summarize the four main things again just for anyone who's come this far sure so when you're building wealth you want to overcome debt so be careful with credit cards uh if taking out loans for cars think about you know do you need a bmw at like 18 19 um just avoid being in debt at this age and a lot of people will go into debt to impress others think about why you're spending or going into debt um and that's the base you need to be debt free to build wealth that's it if you if you have debts you're not going to build wealth because you may have all these assets right but you still got liabilities you're still in debt to someone and that's not building wealth um inflation you need to invest because of inflation Prices are rising every year and your income needs to keep up with it. And then corporate marketing and hype, which I can bang on about forever, which we have been, just be smart with it. Think about the bigger picture. What do you want? What brings you value? Does materialistic things right now bring you true happiness and value? Ask yourself, what bring, for me, value is high-end food. Uh, that's an expensive purchase, you know, Michelin star food, but that brings me value. And that's something I've decided that I'm going to Exactly, that's on. the important thing. Knowing um, what... it, gives me, it gives me more exactly. value than a watch or something you know and i know that i want the nice house and stuff so coming from a working class family i have to you know work harder than the middle class you have to do what you got to do and save and invest more smart i would say so i think 
now I've probably told people exactly how to build wealth, yeah. like the steps, um, and how to make sure your personal finances are rock solid. Um, so think of a pyramid, like the, the pyramids mm-hmm. of Giza, right? They're built on a strong base, that and everything towards the top um, is able to stand and stay because of a strong base. So when we're building wealth, this is how average people can build wealth, okay? So the base for building wealth, starting right now, one, make sure you're debt-free, okay? That, that's even before you start building the base. You need to be debt-free for this to work, okay? So when it comes to being debt-free, that's when you need to sort out, you know, what are you spending on, what are you valuing, um, and becoming debt-free, okay? So now that you're debt-free, what you can do is now you can start building your emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund? The emergency fund is, okay, how much do you spend per month? What are your expenses, your essentials? So your rent, your groceries, utilities, et cetera. Let's say that's a thousand a month. If you were to suddenly lose your job, um, you know, you'll still have to pay those things, right? That's what we call autonomous spending. You'll still have to pay your rent and your groceries, even if you lost your job. So you need some backup. Which was the reality so we want to do... that, that this situation right here was the reality for a lot of people during COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, they're getting really badly hurt because they've got no savings to fall back on. Um, so now more than ever, if you're, if you're in danger of losing your job, start building an emergency fund. So let's say your expenses are a thousand a month. Put away three, four thousand into a completely safe, probably your savings account. Yeah. And that means you've got four grand in there, which means if you ever lost your job and you've got no income, you have four, you can buy yourself four months time. Right. So I have one question. One, one question time. before we continue. Mm-hmm. So let's say you earn a thousand pound a month. Like, how do I get? How do I even save that? How do I save that amount of money? Oh, I see. So okay, so you earn a thousand a month, and you take away five hundred because of your expenses. You're left with five hundred. Yeah. Now you could, or well, you could put away that entire five hundred because what we're saying is the five hundred left over is your spending money. Mm-hmm. That's money that is now left for whatever you want. Income. Right, yeah, disposable income. There you go. So, all your essential stuff, so food, uh, rent, all the essential stuff has already been paid for. So, the money left over, however much of that you want, you can put that into your emergency fund. Depends how quickly you want to build it. Mm. Um, so, in this case, we have 500 left over. Ideally, you could put the entire 500 in because you've already paid off your essentials. Um, and obviously, you don't need to build it forever, right? So, being really strict with yourself and trying to save as much as possible into your emergency fund. So maybe out of that 500 remaining, maybe put in 250. And you do that until you reach, say, three, four months. And then you can stop, right? And after three, four months of sacrificing and putting away, making sure you've got an emergency fund set up, then whatever disposable income you have after that, that's when you can start spending on what you want. Okay. That would probably be a good way of doing it. Um, so... If you've got an emergency fund, so you've got four months. So if anything ever happened, you got four. You can buy yourself four months. Okay. So, right, that's your backup. So that's your base that you can build up of. Now, as we said, whatever money is left over, you need to decide how much you're going to invest. And there's no right or wrong amount. Um, investing something is better than nothing. And don't think you know. I, I've been asked, "Oh, I'm only going to start with a hundred pound. Is that okay, or, is, or do I need to put more?" You can put. It, £100, £50, whatever. Money you're not using, you might as well invest it if you're not going to use it. So any money I don't use, I just invest it because I literally do not need it. And that's the thing. When you invest, you invest money you don't need right now. 
I'm going to need that money when I need to buy a house, but I don't need it right now. So that's the money you invest. Because you, once you invest, you don't want to take it out because you need to leave it in there. Absolutely. So that's the one right. thing I was actually going to touch on so is the you... fact that people, they invest money. And let's say they invest in a stock. On, oh, my God, the stock goes up by, let's say, 10%. So, and they, they sell it sell. straight away. First of all, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to pay tax on that now. That's the reality of yeah. it. And exactly. And we're also, we'll talk about tax efficiency later because taxes will kill you. And we're going to learn how to avoid that as well. Legally, <laughs> yeah. legally. Um, so that's the thing. You do not want to pull your money out. The way I'm going to teach you guys how to invest, because it's so easy, the catch is, because it's so easy, the catch is you have to, keep, you have to be patient, right? This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme because getting rich quick is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to make becoming wealthy difficult. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. And for that, you just need to be patient. Um, so when you invest for the long term, ideally minimum five years even that's a bit too short 10 years ideally because what you're thinking is again it comes back to in 10 years time when you're 30 years old your expenses your lifestyle you would rather have you're going to need a lot of money because that's when you're really in the Mm -hmm. prime of your life right right now you're you're growing you're learning you need to you know get your head down and work your ass off so that you can reap the rewards when you're 30 and that's when you're going to want a lot of money so it's worth it to be patient um and I would say, so first you've got your base, right? And you've got your emergency fund. Now it's time to invest. So you, again, you can choose however much you want to invest. Um, I would say, so let's say you invest like a hundred pound a month. That's a really good start. Okay. So why invest? So that's basically financial independence. Cause one day you're going to have all this money you put away. You completely forgot about it. And you're 35, you're going to open your investment account and say, shit, I've got like all this money, you know, yeah. I didn't even have to try um and then you can start buying expensive things so when you buy luxury items or holidays uh, later on in your life you want to do it not from your salary because your salary is really for essential items but you yeah. want to take it from your investments right um so how do you invest okay so the easiest way for regular people to invest and make this kind of money is to do index investing okay now i'm going to explain what that is so you know, when people think about the stock market, it's confusing because it's like, what stocks do you buy? Uh, what, you know, how do I look at a company and decide whether mm-hmm. it's good to buy or not? If you try and invest in the stock market, let's say you buy, I don't know, uh, Netflix, right? Netflix, if you put all your life savings and you know, money that you need for retirement to Netflix, that's really risky. That's one stock. Yeah. If that goes, that's everything. Um, and you probably need some experience to actually look at a company and think, oh, is it a good company? You need to look at their their profits you need to look at the company news this this and that you know even even the top people on wall street they all day they try and figure out which stocks absolutely. to buy and they still get absolutely. it wrong and even the smallest so, smallest 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 um, things can affect affect the stocks like for example when for example yeah. let's say talk about the presidency you know when yeah. biden became president mm. the stocks fluctuated so much so you know yeah. elon musk will say yeah. something he will literally say something and it yeah. will affect exactly. the stocks you know it's exactly. it's, it's it's very like mm dependable that makes sense yeah. stable yeah. exactly yeah so index investing is the easy way for everyone to invest and in. anyone can do it okay so when you invest in an index fund what that is it's a collection of lots of stocks put into one so think of it like this i'll give you an analogy analogy let's say you want to make a um a roast dinner christmas roast dinner okay 
And so you need all the individual items. You need the turkey, you need the stuffing, you need the vegetables, so carrots, Brussels sprouts, whatever else. All these individual ingredients, right? Cool. So you go to a store and you've never done this before. So you go to Asda or whatever and you need to find the best quality ones. But you're really inexperienced. How do you pick which turkey's best? How do you pick which size? How do you pick how much yeah. stuffing? How many, you know what I mean? Um, you have to go out of your way and buy each one individually. Maybe they, maybe they don't sell stuffing. You have to go to another shop and buy it. It's just a hassle having to get it all individually. So if you wanted to invest in like 100 companies, you'd have to go through each single 100 company, look at it, research it. Is it a good investment? And you might not have the skill and you probably won't have the time. So index investing is where, where if you're in Asda, you take all these ingredients that you need for the dinner and you put it into a basket. And imagine if those baskets were ready made for you. So you go into the shop and there's this basket that is roast dinners. You just mm. pick up the basket and check out. Everything is in there for you. It's a collection yeah. of all the ingredients in one basket. That's what you're buying. You're not buying the ingredients individually. The basket itself has its own price. So the S&P 500, okay, is basically an index. It's, a, it's, a, it's an asset that tracks the top 500 companies in the US. So that's Microsoft, Amazon, yeah. Apple, you know, all those mm. firms, are all, they're all in there. You could go out of your way and buy shares in all 500 companies, every single one. You can go through all 500 and buy shares. That would take ages. When you buy an index fund that tracks the same performance of the S&P 500, you're buying all 500 yeah. at once. Okay. And the American economy is great. They always do really well. And you're basically betting on the American economy to increase over time. Okay, so it's the top 500 companies are buying into. So if you want to own a bit of Apple, you want to own a bit of Microsoft, Amazon, you do own it. So in buying this index, you are getting a tiny percentage of every 500, all those companies for like a small price. Um, and that will appreciate over time. And as I said, over the last 100 years, it's averaged about 9 to 10% yeah. every year, right? Um, same with uh, another example is an electric vehicle index. Okay, so what you can actually do, rather than looking at people that manufacture electric vehicles and figuring out which ones are the best, you know, uh, which one's going to be good in the future, and buying them individually, you can buy something we call an ETF, an exchange traded fund, or an index, which basically someone, a big company, has already grouped together and packaged all the best electric vehicle manufacturers into one, and then you just yeah. buy that basket rather than buying all the companies individually. Right. So this is kind of what an index is. And this is the safest way to invest because your risk is spread between, in the case of the S&P 500, oh, between yeah. 500 companies. Right. Rather than picking out a couple, your money is distributed between 500 companies. So it's yeah. really diverse. And these are the top 500 companies question. in the US. So, so they're you really said about good. how yeah. America's economy is always good, but I swear they're always in debt. Yeah, see, every country is in debt, but the actually how much debt a country is and isn't always the best indicator of how mm -hmm. well the economy is doing um so i would actually say that right now the stock market is not an indicator of how well the economy is doing right now the american economy is kind of gone to shit um but the stock market is doing extremely well it's the highest it's ever been because they're printing tons of money and they're encouraging people to invest so if you look at savings accounts remember we were saying earlier savings yeah. accounts are like 0.1 percent right What's the point in keeping your money in a savings account when you could just invest it? People don't want to keep it in a savings account. They do it on purpose to stimulate the economy. 
because it forces people to take their money out of savings account and they say, go ahead and invest it. We're not going to give you shit in your savings account because yeah. we don't want you to keep it here. We want you to go and invest it, which props up markets and makes prices go up because oh, yeah. everyone's buying assets because they don't want to keep it in their bank. Yeah. Right? So that's why when in a recession, they lower interest rates to discourage people from saving and go and invest it. It's crazy. So that's why the stock market is going up because people have so much money to invest. And also the government's printing money and the government themselves are buying up loads of assets to prop up the prices. But the S&P 500 has recovered from every single recession. It's been around for years. Every recession it's recovered. How do you do that? You do it through an ISA. Now, you guys would have heard of a cash ISA, you know, the way ISA being thrown around, right? It's an investment savings account. A cash ISA is what your high street bank will give you. And that is the one that's bullshit. Because I'll tell people, go and open an ISA. And they'll be like, why would I open an ISA? And you get like 1%, 2%. It's cash ISA. The ISA we're going to do is a stocks and shares ISA. So a cash ISA is basically one that your bank gives you and you get a small return because it's very safe. They don't mm-hmm. invest in the stock market. It's, so, it's safer, therefore you get a very low return. Okay? A stocks and shares ISA is basically a way of investing in these index funds, yeah. as I mentioned, tax-free. So every year, you get a £20,000 allowance tax-free, which means you can invest 20 grand into this ISA and you yeah. won't get taxed on your returns. And that resets every year. So you can invest up to 20 grand every single year tax-free. And that's how you avoid t- mm-hmm. paying tax on your investments. Okay? And that's, a, that's, a, that's, the just, that's just the generosity of the government. They're completely legal. That is the main attraction yeah, of absolutely. these ISAs is that they're tax-free. So... That is what we want to go for. So I personally use a firm called Vanguard. They're one of the biggest providers of ISAs in the world. And I put in money every month into the S&P yes. 500. Okay. Um, that, is, that is like your main investment. That's the perfect balance of risk reward. It's always recovered. And you can look, go look it up for yourself. If you type yeah, in. I'm actually researching. If you type in, type into Google S&P. 500 price and if you're listening go into google type in s&p 500 price and you'll get the chart and you'll you'll give you one day five days one month six months i want you mm-hmm. to click on max so can you see all the way back into yeah. the 90s and the 80s see how much has increased and look at every crash it's always recovered now imagine if let's just take 2007 yeah. okay yeah. you yeah. see that big you see that big crash now, here's the thing. When you said earlier, people invest, they make 10% mm-hmm. and then they sell it. Now, imagine if you're 18 years old in 2007 and you just put your money in and you see in 2007, it just crashes. If yeah. you click and drag, it will show you the percentage. Oh, of drop. Oh, it dropped that's 50%. mad. That's mad. Okay. Now, imagine you shit your bed and you <laughs> yeah, sold yeah, your yeah. investments. Right. And then click from the bottom, from 770 and drag up to today, that's 409% return that you missed out yeah. on. Yeah. 409% versus 0.1% in your bank account. That's very, very intense. And then if you even look at, if you yeah. click on the one year graph, if you click on one year, at the start, you can see in February 2020, that was a coronavirus crash. Again, you shit the bed yeah. and you sell it. So since last Feb, it's returned 75% yeah. versus your 0.1% in your bank account. So if you put in 10 grand last February, you would have, what's the 75%? You'd have like, 7,500 pounds return. Oh my God. In the last year. And you, you missed out on that. 
And this is why we say to hold it. This is the investment, the perfect uh, balance between risk and reward. This is the benchmark that we use yeah. for building wealth. Um, no other economy is as strong as the US, to be honest. And you pick the five top 500 companies, um, this is the best bet you're going to get to build a safe, long return. So if you look all the way back into the 1981, when it was 121, you know, you got all these uh, elite people, you know, the upper class people that already know how to invest, right? Because of their inheritance and their parents. They would have been doing this since mm. the 80s. That's crazy. Mm. I don't know if you guys know this. Obviously, you guys do, but I'm Muslim. And in Islam, I don't, I know, obviously, I, I, the only reason I'm touching on this is because those of young Muslims mm. specifically, they don't want to invest because they're scared about interest, which is haram and whatever. It's not really, you're not allowed to do it. So they don't invest in money and in, in stocks and stuff like that. If you go mm. onto Google and you type, sure. there's so many halal investing apps where you can just go and you can see whether or not it's compatible, yeah. whether it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And it tells you the detail behind it. Use mm. that to help decide also what you want to invest in and what you think is right, blah, blah, blah. So you don't have the guilt or you don't feel like you're doing anything yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're completely right. And there is such a thing. There is a real term yeah. called Islamic investing. Um, if you do research, you Google Islamic investing, that is an area of finance that they exactly. work on specifically. And a lot of um, asset managers and big firms, they do invest for Islamic clients. In a absolutely. Way. absolutely. So, yeah, that was just a side note that I wanted to mention. Um, you, your mindset, when you're building wealth, you can you're there's two types of people okay yeah and think about which one you are two types of people one there's a consumer or a net consumer and then there's a net owner now think about the richest people in the world jeff bezos elon musk bill gates do you know where they get their wealth from yeah yeah from their shares from because they own such a because they're owners of so many companies they own so many companies they put the, the, yeah. they own more than they consume now here's the thing yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of us buy nike right nike you buy so much Nike. I, I, all of my sports gear is Nike. I don't wear any of those shoes. Everything's Nike, okay? Um, and you might be the same with Starbucks. Whatever brand you love, okay? You buy so much Nike. Why don't yeah, you own literally. part of the company? Why not? Why, why, why don't you be an owner of Nike and you can just buy shares and you're an owner of Nike? Why not do that? Since you buy from them so much. And here's the thing. Let's say you don't have any ownership in any company and you're just buying from there. And that's money from your pocket going to theirs and you get nothing in back. If you're an owner, if you're a net owner, that means the money you get from being an owner in a company exceeds the amount that you spend on that company. So technically speaking, if you invested enough money into Nike, the dividends that you would get, and dividends are shares of the profit from Nike, could probably pay you for your Nike purchases. Your Nike Nike purchases will basically be free. It's just recycling. You're spending money on Nike, but then... I have a question for you. This this might sound dumb. So like, how would you then buy... A share in Nike. Yeah, good question. So, for those listening, to to begin, I'm gonna recommend trading two on two. Okay, that is probably the the best and most user friendly platform to buy shares very easily. Um, anyone can set one up as long as you're over eighteen, and you can go there and you can buy shares. And um, for those of you listening, if you do intend to, if you do have a trading two on two account, just a side note. There's two types. There's a CFD and an invest account. The CFD is blue and the invest account is orange. Go for the orange. Avoid the blue at all costs because that's how they trick people. Just go for the orange account that says invest. That's just a side note. But trading two on two or free trade, those are the two apps you can use to buy shares. Um, 
so yeah, are you a consumer or are you an owner? So over your life, you want to basically want to own as many things as possible. You want to own houses, you want to own stock, you want to own yeah. property rights, you want to own whatever. You're an owner in this life. The, the richest mm. people in this world own things and they own more than they consume. So if you're consuming from these big companies, why not become an owner as well? That is very true. So that's what I would say. Um, so, um, and yeah, with the S&P 500, that's the top 500 companies all in one. You Absolutely. get a small share of all 500 companies and you're paying into them for your entire life. Um, and it's weighted. So the biggest company in the S&P 500, I don't know if it's like Microsoft or Apple or Amazon, but technically 6% of the S&P 500 is that top company. So technically, if you put in a thousand, uh, sorry, a hundred pounds into the S&P 500, 6% of that would go towards, I think it's Amazon, wherever the top company is. Mm. Mm. So that's what six. Yeah. Just, you put a hundred pound in. Does that mean that every just, yeah. single month you have to put a hundred pound in? No, it's best to yeah. Uh-huh. A, a monthly yeah. is great, or you can put in a big lump sum. Do you know what I mean? You, if you have a big lump sum of Absolutely. like ten, twenty k, go ahead, put that in. Definitely. Uh, it's just monthly is obviously easier for people, not only psychologically but also um, it's hard to time the market because if you put the entire twenty grand in and then the market drops, 100. now you've got to wait ages for it to come back again. Whereas when you do it, when you do it monthly, you're doing something called dollar cost averaging. So when the market dips, you buy, maybe the next month the market goes up and you buy. So you're basically over a long period of time, you're buying at an average price. So you don't have to time the market. You think, oh, should I buy when it drops? Should I buy when it goes up? You don't have to worry about that when you do it monthly because you're just, you know, over a long period of time. So you know how we said about how people take out money in the first year and then they have to pay tax and they have to do this and do that. You could avoid that if you already are putting money mm. into that account. You've been doing it for a year or this many amount of yeah. years. And it's it's good because then it's easier to budget as well. Like, you know, in the month, you know, at the beginning of the month, £500 is going to yeah. come out for this thing or that thing. For those of you who are wondering how much, I'll, I'll give you an example. Again, I'm going to put in, I'm going to use this calculator again because I need to reiterate this to you guys. I'm talking $100 a month, £100 a month. You're not going to believe this. After 45 years, so we're talking, we're 65 now, right? At this point. So we're looking to retirement. £100 a month, you would have 635 grand. And you would have invested 54,000. Let's say you want to retire at 35. So that's in 15 years. You would have invested 18 grand at this point. And you would have got back 35,000. And that's that's £100 a month. And your income is going to increase. So you can probably increase that 100 to 500 to 1,000. Uh, but you have 600 grand if you did that for 40 years. Yeah, and that's exactly. from doing nothing. And at this point, at 60, 65, you're ready to retire. You yeah. made 600 grand from and doing absolutely nothing. One thing I want to say, I don't know if you agree with this, Sachin, but it's the fact that you don't have to buy an entire share. Like, don't think that, oh my God, Bitcoin. Like, for example, let's yeah. say Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is like, let's say it's like 35K yeah. oh. right yeah. now and you want to buy some Bitcoin, you don't have to have 35K. Mm. You do not have to have that. You could buy 0.00001%. No. You'll still have yeah. that. You put in £5, yep. pound, put in £10, pound, like whatever you can afford, put it in. Like And uh, just a touch on Bitcoin. One tip, Bitcoin is more of a bet at this point because we're still trying to figure out how safe it is. So I would say when you do invest, invest a small amount, as in a sensible amount. But when you do invest it, act as if you've already lost it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Act as if if you lose that five hundred, yeah. that should not affect you at all. It should just be okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to invest in Bitcoin, act as if you've already lost the money and just leave it. Just don't take it out because one day yeah. it might blow, it might drop. But the the reward is greater than the risk. 
basically. Just Absolutely. don't think. I mean, think about people who first, first bought Bitcoin back in whatever, mm. whenever it came out. And, you know, they left it. Look at where yeah. they are now, like millions and millions and yeah. millions. Like, but please be, please be so careful just... with Bitcoin. Don't put a stupid amount. That's not proper investing. Proper investing is what we're doing here with the indexes because they're safer and they, they grow over time and we know what's in them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah so this is how you're actually going to proper build wealth. You can't get rich quick overnight. Uh, get rich quick overnight in the stock market, you know, unless you really spend all your time on it. This is what we call you know, passive investing. We don't have to do anything really. Um, so here, and obviously uh, with the indexes, it's not just S&P 500. You've got the European ones. You can do a Chinese one. So it's all the top Chinese companies. You can do one where it collects all the top 100 Japanese companies. You know, the FTSE 100, you would have heard of that. Yeah. FTSE 100 is mm-hmm. the top 100 UK companies. You can buy a FTSE 100 tracker and you've bought small share in all 100 companies. Um, so there's loads to choose from. Um, so this is the bulk of your investing. Okay. Um, and the next is the next step. So in your pyramid, going back to the pyramid, your base was your emergency fund. So that's super mm-hmm. safe. The next is safe investing, which we just covered. And then towards the top of the pyramid, you've got more speculative stuff. And what I mean by speculative, speculative is like betting or more high risk stuff. And that is either trading, it's starting a business, starting, uh, you know, buying, uh, investing money in something which is a bit more risky, um, but you can do it because you've already built your base, your yeah. foundations. You need to get the foundations right before you open the business, before you start trading. Um, So for me, my personal pyramid is uh, you've got your emergency fund. The bulk of my net worth is in safe investments, such as um, Vanguard and my, you know, Mm -hmm. ISA. And then I allocate a small percentage towards my trading account because um, I I like to trade. It's a hobby of mine. So that's my side hustle. And your side hustle can be anything. It can be you know, your own side business, but obviously that's a risk because businesses don't work sometimes. So that's your speculative risk. Um, so my side hustle is trading and that's the top of my pyramid. I use a small amount of money for that, right? Because I could lose that anytime, uh, but that's like an extra income. Yeah. So um, when we talk about being financially independent, you know, being able to live without working, um, we talk about the word prosperity. And here's, here's the idea of having investments, right? Think about this. If you want to stop working and just live off your assets, think about how much time you can buy. Time is all we have in this life. And Absolutely. money can't buy you time, but there is a way of buying time if you look at it a certain way. And the, the way you can buy time is this. So let's say you have 10,000 in assets, total assets. That's your cash in your bank account and your investments, right? Yeah. So you have 10,000 to your name and your expenses every month are £2,000. Okay. Let's say you don't work at all and you just live off your investments. How many months do you think you can live for before you run out of money? Not long at all. It's five, right? Five, yeah. mm. 10000 divided by 2000 Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can live for five months. You bought, your, you bought yourself five months of time. Okay, cool. So we can see here that either you need to increase your assets or you need to decrease your expenses. Mm-hmm. So that's why we increase our assets. Okay. They need to be keep investors. So they keep growing or you decrease your expenses. Another way is your side hustle because you have to keep working. Even if you retire, you have to have a side hustle or something, right? You always have to mm-hmm. be working. So let's say your side hustle brings in a thousand a month in income. Yeah. So your expenses mm-hmm. are 2000, but you've got your side hustle, which is giving you a thousand. So actually you net a thousand. 
So now, 10,000 divided by 1,000, that gives you 10 months. You've just doubled your time. You've bought yourself 10 months now rather than five Mm -hmm. months. And when you start increasing your assets and decreasing your expenses, that's when you start buying more time and more life without working. Okay. And this is why it's so important to build your wealth as early as possible. So that you can achieve That's that. So interesting. Good. And then when it is, when crazy. it comes to the materialistic stuff, and that's that's where you start decreasing your expenses, right? Um, so there's that. So I'm going to give you an example, real quick, right? Let's let's put this into practice. And I'm going to show you how someone on eighteen thousand a year can retire in sixteen years. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's like, let's say you're on eighteen k and you're twenty years old. That's pretty realistic, right? Um, yes. so you're going to retire by 36 and this is obviously there's some assumptions I've made and it doesn't account for emergency things you know car breaking down or wedding ring or anything you know but mm-hmm. okay so let's say we have Bob <laughs> from, Craw- from Crawley um, and big man Bob yeah um, Bob so here's his situation so Bob makes 18,000 a year yeah so he makes mm-hmm. 1,500 a month um, and his expenses are 800 every month on average yeah so he needs £800 a month to live. Um, so he currently has like £1,000 that he has nothing to do with. So takes £1,000 and he pays his expenses. So that's 800 gone. Yeah. Right? And he has mm-hmm. £200 left over. So the smart thing, he's got 200 left over. Does he buy um, a Fendi t-shirt? No, because he only makes 18k a year. Everyone knows you do. Don't buy a Fendi t-shirt. <laughs> um, take the 200 and you're going to invest it into our assumption, which is the S&P 500. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I'm okay. plugging this all into my little calculator. So, um, cool. Now, every month, 1500 his income. Minus his expenses, 800 He has £700 every month. Oh, and by the way, he's already built up his emergency fund. So, he's put £800 away for an emergency fund. Yeah. So, he's on, say, 2400 That gives him three months. So, he's already done that beforehand. So, okay. he's got £700 left over, 1500 800 So, £700... That is disposable income. Now, from that 700, he can choose how much he invests into the market or whatever investment. Mm-hmm. He can choose how much he spends on restaurants, clothes, whatever. Let's just assume he's, he invests the whole 700, okay? So that's, yeah. his disposable, that's what's left over at the end of the month. He doesn't need that money to live. He's already paid his 800 expenses. So he invests the 700. And after 16 years... He'll have 278 grand. Mm. 278 grand. And this is assuming his expenses say 800, um, you know, his entire life, which is obviously a bit unrealistic because you have other expenses. Um, So we take 278 grand divided by 800. That will buy him 347 months. How many years is it? And that's, that's assuming 347 months. How many years is that? 347 divided by 12. That will... 28 years. Uh, And that's on 18... That's on 18k a month. No, 18k a year. That's crazy. That's actually very insane. Yeah, uh, that's a man on 18k a year making six figures by the time he's in his 30s. And no one would ever think that would be possible. But it is. Um, And that's because Bob didn't spend on stupid things. But obviously we're assuming... His expenses stayed at 800 and we're assuming he invests all 700. But, you know, again, 18K a year, you're going to increase your salary. It's going to go from 20, 25, 30. And you can invest a lot more than 700. 
Yeah. Um, so that's showing. And after 45 years, assuming making all these assumptions, um, 700 a month for 45 years, you would have invested uh, 378,000 at this point. So that's how much he's invested. Um, the return is 4.4 million. So by the time he's in his 60s, he'd have 4.4 million. Oh my God. Assuming, assuming he did that for his entire life. He just had to be patient. That's when you put it in this it way, like, with this perspective, it's crazy because, like, you, I don't know. I'm just shocked. I'm just very shocked right now. Yeah. It's because you don't think about it. You don't think about like mm. The thing is about us, we're so caught up on the bigger picture now. We think this is it. We think, you know, mm. even one year, two years, we want to be where we want to be. We want to yeah. be at like six figures. We want to know. Like, it don't that. fair enough. For some people, that is the reality. That, that is their reality. But you have to play it safe as well. Like, there's no harm in playing it safe. There's no harm in, mm. you know, being smart about it. It's not always about risk, 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 risk. And like, yeah, take risks. You're young, blah, blah, blah. But also have something that you know is going to be enough for you that if you save it in enough time and it will appreciate and blah, 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 blah if that makes sense. Yeah. And here's, here's another cool trick about figuring out how much... Here's a trick, right? So we can work out how much money do you need to retire? We can figure out that number, roughly. So the way you do it is... So a safe way... So when you invest money into the market, such as S&P 500, obviously it fluctuates, right? So it goes mm-hmm. up and down. So if your money is in there, you, you can't take out too much of it at a time. Um... So let's say you retire and you have no job and you're living off your investments. So you need to withdraw from that account, right? So to Mm -hmm. fund your life. Um, How much money can you withdraw every year until you run out of money or until you die, right? Um, So we say a a good rule is to withdraw 3% from it every year to live on, right? So you work out your average expenses per year or per month. So let's say it's 500 a month times 12 so you need six thousand a year to live okay this is this is a very simple lifestyle we're assuming six to live um six thousand times 33 that gives us 198,000 because if you do 198,000 divided by three percent you would get back to around six grand so if you had 198 grand in your investment account then that would probably buy you 33 years which if you're 60 takes you to death which is really good. You don't have to work. And that, that gives you the that's number sick. that you need to achieve. You need to have 200 grand if you're going to retire. That's, that's what you can aim for. So you can take your average yearly expenses after you collect data and you realize, how much am I going to need to fund this kind of lifestyle? And this, this, when, when it comes yeah. up to personal finances, I personally keep track of every single expense. Every month, I go through my bank account and I add up everything of, every single thing I've spent money on. And I know what I'm spending too much on or too little. And I'm, I take an average on Excel. And if I collect enough data over a couple of years, I'll be able to see how much money I spend every month. And that accounts for, you know, one time I might buy a 200 pound coat or I might buy a hundred pound gift. Mm-hmm. And if that's the kind of lifestyle you live, you buy certain coats, you buy certain food. After two, three years of collecting that data, you'll be able to see, okay, this is the kind of lifestyle I live. And you can get a number of how much money you need to continue that lifestyle could be five six hundred grand now you know what to aim for um yeah and later on all this stuff um about calculating and doing this exact and this excel spreadsheet that i talk of um will be offered to everyone listening yeah um it is for sale for a very cheap price so we'll talk about that later but um 
this is the foundations that you need to build off of. And obviously multiple streams of income comes into it. This is having your savings, your emergency fund, your investments. And then on top of that is, you know, your side, your side income, but the, the mm-hmm. side income could be your side hustle, which obviously you have to make an effort to do that. The investing has to be done because it's effortless yeah. and it's money you're making in the yeah. background without having to do anything. So you have to do it. You'd be stupid not to because it's free money. Essentially, you'd have to work for it. You don't have to exchange your time for this money. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah. So you should do it because it's money you're making in the background whilst you focus on your side hustle. That's so, so true. So this is how to get the optimum amount. If you want to become rich as quickly as possible. So you decide, let's say you decide to put £100 a month. But actually your disposable income is 500. So you could actually invest 500 that month, but you've only invested 100, right? So that's 400 pounds you've missed out on that could have been returned, right? So you're sticking to 100 a month, but you could invest a lot more. So the way you do it is, let's say you get paid on the first of every month. I know some people don't, but let's just assume. So you get paid on January 1st, and then the whole month you spend on whatever you like, your rent, your groceries, your clothes, restaurants, amusement park, gifts, whatever. So you've done all your spending and you've enjoyed your life that month. And at the end of the month, so on the 31st, you invest. But you invest whatever's left over. Okay. Because at the end of the month, you might not have spent anything. Maybe you were in lockdown and you didn't spend anything. So whatever's left over, you probably have a grand left over. So you invest a grand. Maybe one yeah. month you had loads of parties and holidays and you've only got £100 left over. So you invest £100. But there's going to be months where you have loads of money left over because you didn't spend much and you invest as much as possible. So you could have a thousand pounds to invest, but you only did a hundred. That's not optimum investing. So you invest, you that invest makes sense. at the end of the month after you've got your disposable income left and you choose how much you invest. Like, you know, you have to be strict on yourself. The main message I want to say is because this is targeted towards working class teenagers from Crawley. We have to work harder than the people above us. You have to be strict with yourself and you're not going to get the things you want in life later on if you are trying to live a luxury life now. You're not living a luxury life now. You you don't make enough money. You know, you, you're living, you're lucky that you're even living with your parents yeah. at this point. People, some yeah, of these kids, absolutely. They, they don't pay rent. They don't pay a mortgage. They don't, they don't have car breakdowns. They don't have a kid. So once they move out, yeah. th- th- all that luxury stuff, all these clothes or whatever, they're not going to buy it anymore. All of a sudden, their Instagram's going to be dry. They're going to be like, oh, why doesn't this guy wear drip anymore? It's because life finally caught up with him yeah. or her. Don't be afraid to make sacrifices because sacrifices usually, like a bit like risk and rewards, like sacrifices will pay off kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm not... Exactly. And the thing I say is, sorry to cut you off, but the thing I say is if, say, you do want something, say, for example, you want that car, you want that pair of jeans or whatever it is, yeah, save for it. Don't don't splurge on it. Save for it. Say, so when you do buy it, you're satisfied in knowing that, yeah, you know what, like... I saved £50 a month for this or I did that or I did that like so that it's not something that you have to worry about or that you have to get into debt over if that makes sense yeah and like I was saying when just think twice about when you go to spend something on material uh, on a materialistic thing that will probably you know won't matter in a year's time so if you here's one thing when you do buy because I'm not saying don't buy designer clothes okay you obviously buy them you know be smart about it okay make sacrifices save money as much as possible if you are going to buy a designer I, this is uh, if you know about Poku Banks, he said, um, and this is something that I do, you know, if you're about to purchase an item, one, wait a week. Okay, you, you'll be surprised how much you can mature in a week. We mature every day, most of us. Like, yeah, absolutely. Last week, like, if, <laughs> most if, of if, if uh, 
not too long ago, I wanted a, an Essentials tracksuit. Probably a week later, I was like, actually, yeah. why would I buy that? Like, I'm not saying it's a bad tracksuit. Whoever's got it, it's a nice tracksuit. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's something that I stopped myself from buying because within that week, that seven days later, I matured enough to think, okay, maybe, you know what, uh, sleep on it, just give it a week. And if you still want it after a week or two, fine, buy it, whatever. But um, when it comes to buying designer or expensive items, watches, whatever, think about am i going to keep this for life if i buy something that's like 300 pound i'm assuming that's i'm I'm wearing this for five years like for life like certain a lot of the fast fashion some luxury stuff is like fast fashion it's just a stupid t-shirt that's that that's on that season like you buy it for like 200 pound then next year the next one comes out that one's no longer in fashion whereas if you buy like a coat like a nice trench coat like a burberry trench coat probably cost you like a grand right they say you really want to splurge out that coat is going to last you a lifetime and that's Absolutely. worth the money. You Absolutely. bought a designer coat, fine, but that's going to last you years. That's a good purchase. Handbags, designer handbags have got no issue. As long as you can afford it properly and you buy it, that's going to last you a lifetime. A lot of the shit Absolutely. some of these younger kids are buying, it's not good investments. It's, 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 it's fast fashion luxury stuff. Um, luxury items are meant... The luxury items are luxury because they're high quality and um, that means they last a long time. So if you're going to chuck it away after a year because it goes out of fashion, it wasn't a good buy um yeah so that's another way and then the second thing is obviously think about how much money is this worth in the future right i talked about that supreme yeah. t-shirt 1200 pounds for yeah. a t-shirt someone probably bought that you can get a plain black t-shirt if you got if you bang gym and you sort out your skin you'll look good in a plain t-shirt you'll probably look better yeah, like, you'll probably look yeah like, if, you, if you're skinny i've been no shopping from tesco like if, like if you're not you taking mean? care of yourself you could be you know, you're or you're you're like overweight, or you're like super skinny. Uh, not trying to body shame, but uh, if you know, if you're not sorting out, taking care of your skin and your health, you slap on a Supreme T-shirt for twelve hundred pounds. It's not going to make you look good, and you're not going to impress anyone. If you're wearing a plain black T-shirt, you can look just as good, if not better. I was seeing on uh, ASOS or something, plain black T-shirt eight pound. The same T-shirt yeah. by Supreme, plain black with a Supreme logo, twelve hundred. So twelve hundred yeah. minus eight. Let's just keep it at twelve hundred. That investment, we're not taking monthly. If you just plugged up twelve hundred, because clearly you got nothing to lose. Twelve hundred on a t-shirt, you mm-hmm. literally don't, you don't give a shit at this point. Even after ten years, it's more than doubled its value. It's almost tripled its value. At retirement, and retirement, don't forget, is when you really need money. Okay, this is when you're going to be desperate for money when you try and retire. That twelve hundred would be fifty-seven grand. You just gave mm-hmm. up. You just exactly. you know how much you can buy with fifty-seven grand. You just gave up fifty-seven grand because you wanted a supreme t-shirt, which no one cares about it's crazy because you're saying the supreme t-shirt was um 1200 pounds and when i do 1200 pounds that's three months of rent at uni and like some people are like exactly we're gonna pay three months worth of rent just for a plain black tea i don't know that that's no 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 no. it's crazy you know what's crazy to me is like i know people personally i've I've met people who you know they probably have two three pound in their bank account but they have like the latest, they have like the Moncler yeah. jacket, the Alexander McQueen's yeah. and this, that, the other. Crazy. And it's crazy. I'm like, priorities. your priorities, bro. Like, There's bigger... do you not want to be happy in life? It's oh. just a case of maturity. They haven't lived, like, I just, I just, this is, look, middle class and upper class kids, they're the ones, you know, that they can afford to buy these luxury items and be okay because, you know, they're middle and upper class. What I'm saying for working class, for people like us, it's a different game. We're, those clothes yeah. those things materialistic things were not made for us 
they're made for you when you go and work for it and you can let me tell you this whole thing is a fat business they want us to be broke they want us to go into debt. they want us to then they're gonna sell us self-care you know go do this go do oh this is gonna make you happy in life this is gonna do this then you're chasing this idea that they're trying to sell you. You're chasing it, chasing it forever. That's it. Then you're in that cycle forever. Hey, you could you, know I mean? you could literally have one company, like a conglomerate, like PNG or Unilever. They will sell you vitamins or fat loss drugs, and then the other subsidiary will be selling you ice cream. Yeah. So they sold you ice cream to make you fat, and then they sell you drugs to make you lose weight. Exactly. Like, it's just, exactly. I, it's just a case of you know being smart about it, and like I said earlier, being a, a yeah. owner, not a consumer. Um, so I think you know if you buy Louis Vuitton, all right. If you if you think it's that good, you go go buy their shares. I'm saying us, us as like working class, it's it's a different game for us. And I think we a lot of this stuff about investing and building wealth, it's not taught in school. No, it's not. Right? Because they don't want us to know. No one tells us this stuff. All the middle class and upper class kids, the reason they're rich, not only because of inheritance, because their parents know. Their parents are chief executives. Their Ooh. board of directors. They know how to build wealth, and they're taught. We're not taught, which is why we're always in debt and we never build wealth. It's not difficult. Absolutely. But we're, 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 we're trying to keep up with like, the people we see on social media, trying to be rich. We're not there yet. And it's just, it's just mad how, how it's, just, it's sad that 18 or even like 14, 15-year-olds, like my, my cousin was like 15 when he got his Jordan 1s. Yeah, bro. 15, I was, oh man. man. Yeah, Trust oh. me. And these kids... <sighs> Oh, it drives me crazy. So it's, many things. Teenager. Like, let me tell you, it's not even... Let's leave 14, 15-year-olds. My 8-year-old brother will go up to my dad and be like, oh, I want to buy e-blocks or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever game it is. I don't know. Do you I'm not joking. It's like current, oh currency God. for like a game. But I'm like, from that young age, they're conditioned to do stuff like that. Like, they're conditioned to want that sort of stuff. Scary, which is crazy yeah. to me. Look, you... Essentially, you will be wealthy if you can live off your assets rather than living paycheck to paycheck absolutely essentially and that's what we're that's you want what you want to aim and the reality is for most people most people are living paycheck paycheck to paycheck yeah they but are that's fine for now do you want to do that for the rest of your life though like that's mm, the question you have to you ask can't. yourself you, you, and here's that actually reminds me of this point right okay here's the thing that separates the rich from the poor and this is this is something that's built into our mindset because you know because when you really grow up poor or working class uh, as soon as you get a bit of money Right, so you know, you take a poor man, and he wins maybe five thousand on a scratch card. What do you think he's going to do with that five grand? He's going to spend it. He's probably he's going to he's going to spend the whole five grand. Yeah. Um, and he's not got any richer, even though he just won a ton of money. So, here's the thing. Let's say you make. This is why the rich get richer and the poor stay poor, right? So here's what happens, right? Let's say you make, um, two thousand a month. Okay, cool. Two thousand a month. And your expenses are 1000 Fine. And then you get a pay rise. You get a new job. And I say 2000 a month, you make 4000 You're making double. Okay? So now you're making double the amount you were. And now, as, as a poor man who's finally come into a ton of money, you feel good. Now I'm going to start spending now. I double my income and I can improve my lifestyle. Fine. So instead of 1000 a month, you move into a nicer place. And now your expenses are 2000 a month. Yeah. So now you're netting 2000 when you could have been netting 3000 And this carries on and it carries on. When you start increasing your expenses with your income, nothing changes. Yeah. If, you, if, if, you, if you increase your income and then you increase your expenses proportionately, you haven't increased your wealth. You're making the it same is. amount. That's so true. Oh, my God. That's actually like, crazy. As soon as, as soon as people come into money, they increase their lifestyle. They get a nicer car. 
they upgrade to the, another house. They, they start wearing nicer clothes. But now you haven't built any wealth. You haven't got any richer. Absolutely. Because you've increased your expenses with your income, probably disproportionately as well. You have to be patient and let your wealth build and live, sacrifice for a bit. And keep your, keep your expenses, you know, don't increase. That's literally like what my parents did. So like they, they have like their own like recruitment agency. And even then they were doing so well, we were still making like sacrifices at home and stuff. And like because of the sacrifices and like mm. making sure that they kept like expenditure low and stuff, they've been able to like buy a new house now because they've been able to build it up rather than increase their spending with their money if that makes sense yeah and you know here's the thing like a lot of for us want to buy a house one day and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quite difficult it's gonna be really difficult for us in this day and age to buy a house so we have to save a lot to do that um and we'll probably get a house by maybe 30 maybe average person now on the average wage so let's say you know for the yeah. first, before you buy a house you'll be renting mm-hmm. and over your 20s between 20 and 30 your income will increase hopefully as you move up your jobs so if you increase your lifestyle expenses, you're not going to get that house because you haven't been saving enough. But if, if, if you're making like 70000 a year and your expenses are as if you're making 20000 a year, you're, you're going to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You'll be making more than someone who makes 70000 a year, the same amount, but they live as if they're making a hundred grand, That's 60 grand. When you put it in that way, it that is, so it is crazy. So, then it will just circles back to what do you value in life? If you value getting a million pound house more than anything else, which is fine, then what's it going to take? Yeah. Um, you know, there's bigger expenses coming in life that are going to give you more satisfaction. You just don't know it yet. A lot of these kids haven't lived life yet. They've been stuck in Crawley. Or the only thing that gives them satisfaction and happiness is buying luxury items that make them feel like they have money. It's that small town um, mindset. Had- like, yeah, they haven't lived life they haven't yet. Seen you know, it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not their fault. You haven't been out into the world. You haven't seen what's out there, what life you could live. And so they're not saving for it yet. Absolutely. So this book um, is basically written by a good friend of mine. Really? Actually. Oh, mad. Yeah. He's actually dedicated the last nine years to learning this stuff. Um, he taught himself how to trade when he was 11. What? Um, he, goes to, he, he goes to my university and he's basically like a genius like he's he's a he's a proper maths geek yeah. like he's the guy that does all the numbers like statistics and maths he calculates everything to a t and he's you know even for someone like me who works in in finance when it comes to investing and building wealth and you know changing the mindset as we've spoken about today he's the one that taught me yeah. and everything i've spoken about in this book, I, i've i've only touched the surface of building wealth everything is in that book everything you would ever need to know for the average person is in that book it's really simply written once you read that book you're fine i'm not even exaggerating you're good it explains everything even the vanguard account it tells you how to open yeah. it tells you which funds to buy it tells you down to a detail exactly step by step how to invest and even even touches on real estate a little bit as well and explains that and and then on top of that so you know if you really want to sort out your finances you know what's the optimum amount to invest how much should i save this this and that you need to keep track of it, right? So he's built an Excel spreadsheet that tracks everything to a T. All your investments, where it is, all your expenses, and then it obviously tells you how much money you need to retire. And it, cal- you know, based on your income expenses, takes that and it calculates a number that you need to retire. And that spreadsheet and that book, and obviously the, the, the instructions are in the book, um, they're all available for sale for literally like a turn That's so sick. Um, and it, that invest, that £10 investment, just reading that book, now your life's changed. 
because without it, because I only started investing in Vanguard because of him, um, and I, I've made money from yeah. it. So I've I, I've I've made money because of him and because of that book, uh, which I wouldn't have. You know what's crazy? And like... now I'm now I'm on a path. I I know that. You know, this is not to sound cocky or anything. I know I'm going to be. Yeah, no. Because I have a set yeah, plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have a set plan. I'm going to stick to it. So, um, and it's really just for beginners. It, get it. Yeah, what's it called, life, Sachin? Oh my pounds. god, you keep me on the edge of my it's seat. Called, like. It's called. Yeah, it's called uh, wealth mastery. Bro, same. Like, is it on Amazon? <laughs> uh, I'll send the link. So, um, get the link for yeah. me. Because uh, it's not available on Amazon or anything, it's but I will, provide, I will provide the link. Yeah, I'll uh, what's the, the name link. of the book again? Wealth Mastery. Okay, He's gonna give us a link. I'm excited. By Sean. By Sean. What Hutchison. was I gonna say? You know, this was um, very, 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 very important about the things you've just spoken about. First of all, yeah. the first thing I want to say is we've spoken about this in a couple of other podcasts as well. How <coughs> big of a deal it is to read, like from reading yeah. like it's you it's, it's yeah, an investment yeah. to read like that's the amount of time oh, that you can spend mm, scrolling um, on your phone you'll probably learn 10 new things like i know me and shelly i don't know actually actually i've only started yeah. re- reading recently and um it's so mm. important and another thing i wanted to say is how the people around you have influenced you and that is so important you know look up yeah. you know shelly you always say that thing in it about how oh, yeah. you know if you surround yourself by five successful yeah. people you'll be the sixth and if you surround yourself by five bombs, then you'll be the sixth one. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. That's the reality of it. For sure. So. I mean, everything I've learned is from books. You know, even um, the job that I have working in finance, you know, I've had to teach they myself. Don't. They didn't teach it they in don't. school they or don't anything. Teach. Um, so I, I, everything I've learned is from just reading. I, I've read up about the industry um, from, from a young age and everything I know is just from reading. Everything about stock market, investing, trading real estate is just i just go on the internet and i read absolutely. it absolutely that's so so sick. um and that's 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 all it really is it's very important very very important um, and now i think the next thing that's coming in this generation to help with um expanding your knowledge is, podcasts. is i do believe that like so yeah so this is really aimed at people this is gonna you're gonna get the most benefit from this uh if you're doing your gcses or a levels yeah. you know yeah uh, and obviously people that are in uni will also benefit um because I'll, I'll explain why later so um getting a big corporate job or getting a really good career in general and this is, this is targeted towards advice to people from you know Crawley you know we go to state schools they're not the greatest schools um, and if you're from if you're working class from Crawley you don't go to the best school and you don't have many Absolutely. connections to elite professions you know you don't really have many mentors or people to copy um so you have to go out and get it yourself and the way I did it was working backwards so um I <laughs> shamelessly this is this is embarrassing as hell but i <laughs> decided i wanted to work in finance after watching the wolf of wall street for all, not not for all the bad things I, <laughs> yeah yeah all right all right i, I knew <laughs> i mean can you can you blame a 14 year old kid yeah. uh seeing that i think i want to do that and um i knew that i wanted to become rich or at least you know wealthy um and it was just a matter of picking which job that would do that and there's you know you can do law medicine engineering consulting um, I, I just picked finance so work backwards so a lot of people think where am I where how am I going to get to this spot how am I going to get into this job or this industry so um, work backwards so I thought okay I want to work in finance it's super competitive from what I've read um, so I'm going to need uh, so probably like a finance or economics degree right okay so I probably want to do that degree at a top university the best uni possible okay so I go and look at the top Russell group unis um okay you need a level maths to do economics there okay 
So that means I need to do A-level maths and do well. That means I need to get an A in GCSE maths. So at this point, I was in year 10 when I decided I want to go into finance. And I got a C in my year 10 mock. Because I at this point, I did not want to do A-level maths. I didn't care yeah. about maths. Okay. I scraped a C in my year 10 mock. Because I told my dad, I'm not doing A-level maths. I don't care about maths. I'm yeah. bad at it. Then I realized, shit, if I want to go into finance mm-hmm. and become wealthy, I need to do A-level maths. And so now I'm like thinking, shit. Um, so I had to turn everything around. And so from year 10 to year 11, I worked my ass off. And Ooh. I got the A in GCC maths so that I could do A-level maths. Um, and then doing A-level maths and economics allowed me to go to a good university and do economics. And now I've ended up in finance. So that's what working backwards did for me. It gave me a step-by-step process, a pretty yeah. simple steps to yeah. take. The, the yeah. foundations of getting to this, this career. And that's the importance of grades. Like I said, we don't have connections or role models really in Crawley. They say grades don't matter. Look, if you want to get a big corporate job, grades do matter. I'm going to tell you that now. Because it's our passport out of Crawley. Uh, You know what? That's actually crazy because that was like the one thing my dad said to me when I was in school. He said, listen, Laiba, I know this is shit advice, but he was like, you can fail everything. He was like, but you need to have maths. Like He was like, if you want anything. I'm I'm not joking. He was like, I don't care if you get F in everything. Bro... (laughs) I got a B. When I tell you this guy was vexed, he was like, didn't I tell you? <laughs> the one thing you needed was maths. And I was like, oh, like I obviously knew that, but it just, yeah. the thing is, obviously the thing that you've spoken about that I find really, really important in, in all that, you know, that that's what worked for you. And that is going to speak to a lot of people. Some people don't want to go to university or they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that, mm. which is absolutely fine. Yeah. If you don't want to, if you, or if you do want to, Either way, you need to research how you're going to do it. How are you going to get there? Yeah. You know, me personally, yeah. I obviously chose the apprenticeship route and I went and did a professional qualification in accounting. Mm. The only reason I knew that, honestly speaking, is because of my dad. No one would have told me that. No one would have sat me down and been like, yeah. hey, Liber, did you know you can do this, 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 and you know, you'll get the job that you want or you'll get... You're right. We don't yeah. have connections here. We don't have anyone that wants us to win. We don't. They don't want us to win. They want us to stay in the small town mindset. They want us to stay here and yep. do the the, the jobs that. Work you know, it out with, bro. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> I was literally gonna say that they want us Garlic. to work these jobs that can, that that we're, where we're easily replaceable. That's what they want. They want the labour. That's what yeah. they want. If you're gonna be like an artist or you know, obviously researching what profession you want, grades might not always matter. So I'm saying, from my personal experience, getting a best a good paying corporate job coming from Crawley grades are like a passport out that's your foundation yeah so that's why I was saying in that case grades matter okay for that reason absolutely uh, they're, they're very important for us specifically because a middle class upper class kid with connections and you know uh, his dad's a chief executive if he doesn't get great grades he'll still be okay yeah that's uh, a reality Crawley, if, if, if you're a working class in Crawley if you don't get great grades you know that's fine uh, but you're just gonna have to work harder elsewhere absolutely uh, you're gonna have to make up for it and um, you're gonna have to research you're gonna have to say cool i didn't get great yeah. grades how can i yeah. get there then there is ways it's just about being determined like mm. you know that whole when there's a will there's a way that's so yeah. true that is and true also, like if you're for example if you see other people like from like middle class or upper class families and stuff and they they may not get the grades but they're still able to do this that and this don't let that put you down either mm-hmm. like that should yeah exactly yeah. that should motivate you that's hard work pays yeah. off regardless hard work pays off do you know what i mean so yeah don't and let said, that I, off. this was literally one of my reasonings you know when i went to interview the the, the the industry that i'm in is very elitist yeah absolutely um my my industry it's got a stereotype for being very uh, white male dominated yeah um and from elite schools from elite families and nepotism 
And it's it's the chances of a of a brown guy from Broadfield getting into this type of work. Um, you know, you, you can't take that for granted, and you have yeah. to scratch and claw your way up there. And one of the reasons, you know, they asked me in an interview, what separates you? What what what's your drive? And I said, I, I literally said to them, I said, look, my dad and my mom, they never went to uni. They work, you know, my mom works in Asda. Mm. Uh, my dad works in airport. What are the chances of me sitting in this seat? I said, I want to test. I want to beat those odds. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, the, the feeling of, you know, I'm sat alongside people that went to Oxford, Cambridge, went to private school their whole life. And, you know, their dad already works in banking. I'm, I'm alongside them. Yeah. And that's, that's the satisfaction I get. That drove me since I was 15 years old to get those grades and be where I am. That, so use that. Exactly. Um, but even like to this day, oh guys, I'm not even taking the piss, right? I'm not even taking the piss. When I told my dad, I told my dad, I was like, oh, Sachin got a job, blah, blah, blah. This man started lecturing me. <laughs> he was like, I'm not joking, bro. You get me in so much trouble every day. This guy who'd be like, oh, Sachin could do it. Sachin could do it. And here you are. You've like, become a like, household name now, Sachin. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, Sachin, like, you know, like in Punjabi, he'll say, it, like, Sachin, he's done it, like, this, that, the other. And I'm like, bro. Do as many extracurricular activities as you can. Work as oh, much my as days. Can. Brother, even, even this is. Part time jobs. If you work, if you're right now, if you're in sixth form and you work at McDonald's, Debenhams, Tesco, whatever, don't be ashamed. Do it because. All experience counts, I promise you. They look yeah. at that stuff. Even free, everything. go to, go to, this is, I've said this so many times, one hour every week at a charity shop. Bro, yeah. the way that makes your CV shine, you'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. You know, all that, you know, I'm, I know it's so taboo and like, obviously everyone makes fun of it, but even like NCS and Duke of Edinburgh, I do think they're good. I'm not going to lie. Like, I am that person that will advocate for them. Don't exactly. be afraid to message, like, no, email companies saying like, have you got any volunteering that I can do, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Shadowing. Yeah. All that stuff, like... Don't be afraid. I did that. Exactly. Don't be afraid. Just do it. I say this yeah. to my sister all the time, but bro, these kids don't care. Like, It's difficult when you're like 17, 18 years old, there's not much you can put on your CV. But what I was able to, and I'll tell you what I did personally, because um, so my CV was actually pretty decent coming into university. So yeah. things that I did, this is just small things. So starting, so sports. So I, I, I stuck with cricket my whole life. So I could, and one thing you notice about people in these top professions, they're overachievers. If they've done something, they've been the best at it. If they've played yeah. a sport, they were probably the captain. If they've done like a, a business competition, they probably won it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go all out when you do this stuff. Be a success. Be an overachiever. Everything so, you do, do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, like, just yeah. Do it or don't do it at all. Then do That's it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And Absolutely. I would say, so if you're going to be in a team, try and be the captain. You know. And I would say, so on my CV, I had my cricket and the captaincy. Then I had, um, I just did, you know, work experience. So I had Debenhams on there. I kept that on there. I worked for PC World. That was on there. And right now, as my job in finance, I sell. Uh, um, you know, it's my job to sell products, financial yeah. products. And when I interview initially, when I was in first year, I was a salesman in PC world. Yeah. So they said, "Why are you interested in sales?" Well, I said, "I worked in PC world selling stuff." There you go. That, exactly. that, oh, that worked. And Me and my brother literally said this the other day about how sales is like every single thing you go into, you're selling something, you're yeah. selling a service, you're selling this. So this job that you have in Curry's or Primark or wherever it is, you're yeah. learning so much. And even if you and, aren't learning shit, you can still say that you learned that shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And do a good job. I was the second highest ranked salesman in the UK. And when I said that in an oh. interview, it just adds something. It, it separates you from the rest. So it's like, you want to work in sales at a bank. How good are you? I said, I was the top in the UK, top two. Exactly. And that just, that, that it builds on something I did when I was 17 has affected me in my job search now, you know? And exactly. I'll say, so I had, I had that on there. I had, um, I did one week at RMJPI accountancy. Oh. Um, gang, that's gang. Just an extra thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was. was 
that's just one extra thing. Then I had, oh, and even in year 10, I entered a business competition where I pitched a business idea to Fulham FC. That went on there. That was just something small I did. Yeah, we uh, did that together I'm as always, well. Was that together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I was always entering these little things. So if there's like a, a day you can, you know, visit a company or like a business competition or uh, some sustainability thing or school council or uh, prefect or whatever, do yeah, it. If, you're, do if it. you want to be a mentor in your A-level class or you want to be a teacher's helper, do everything. You know, if you're interested in, I don't know, law, consulting, whatever it is, start building up your interest now. Exactly. You know, when you, when you show your CV, they're going to think, is this person... Why is this person interested in this job? Can you prove you're interested in finance? Well, I, I've been doing, you know, that sort of thing. I when I started my own business, well, I was selling things on eBay in sixth form. Yeah. That went on my CV. And use use LinkedIn to network, but just just make it. So many people don't have a LinkedIn. That's crazy. I made to it. Me. I, I'm not trying to boast. Just make a LinkedIn. Uh, it, why not? And you use LinkedIn. You make your profile proper. You know, don't half-heartedly do it. Make a proper profile, and you find people in the industry you're interested in working in and message them professionally and properly and ask for a chat and do that to loads of people. And, and this is the main thing that this is what helped me a lot. I, I used to do this all day, every day. Okay. When I was in first year, I didn't have many connections, right? I'm a boy from Crawley. Um, what I did, I went on LinkedIn all day and I knew I wanted to get into banking. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking, how do I get there? Why don't I go to someone's LinkedIn profile? who also went to Nottingham and did the same course and I will see all their experiences yeah. on there. And I can see what they did in secondary school. I can see what activities they did at uni to get to the banking job that they have. And I just copy them or I ask them about it. I go on LinkedIn and I see what path did all these people. You take 10 people that have the job that you yeah. want and you look at the paths they took and then copy. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely agree with that. And you know what? It's, um, you're so right. The amount of people that don't have a LinkedIn. I think I made my LinkedIn. My dad made me make it when I was like 15 or something. And I, even at the time, mm. I used to think, like, what the hell? Like, I don't need this. No, like, it's yeah. so, such an amazing tool. It's so important. You, I wouldn't be where I am without my network. You know, I, who you know is more important than what you know. Your network. To put it into network. perspective, is yeah, your network, is your network. You know what I mean? Look, listen, I, I listen. When I, the, the, the place I work for now, the, the company that I work for, um, I had an interview for them um, in November 2019 and a friend of mine who I just so happened, to, I went to a banking academy. So I went out of my way on the internet to research yeah. and I was, I made the trip. I stayed in London for a week. Sick. I took time off and I was in London for a week for this banking academy and I met this guy called Matthew and I met loads of people. They're all my connections now. They all work in banking, right? So I got a network yeah. there. But Matthew, I became good friends with him just by chance, right? Just going to the center and bumping into him by chance. Now he, later on in November, in October, he did the, the interview at the same company as me. He did the interview and passed it and got the job offer. And then when I had my interview, obviously I had the connection with him. I said, Matthew, what did they ask in the interview? And he told me all the questions that they asked. And I turned up prepared. Bro, Gab, um, because he, right he, told me, he told me what would come up. And if it weren't for him, I would have gone into the interview blind. Thank I might you. not have it. Bro, and there you that's go. insane. That's, crazy. That's, that's actually crazy. That's the power of network. I want to cry. I'm so gassed. You know, my, my network has got to the point where I, I obviously the, the, the people that I mingle with, if I ever have an interview for any company or any bank, I know someone that's worked at that bank. Any bank you name, I know someone that's worked there. And I'll just message them, what, what, what questions come up in the interview? What should I say that's going to make me stand out? Because you've worked there. That's bad. Any bank I want. And that's the power yeah. of it. And, uh, you know, that, that Matthew guy, he told me what the company want to hear because he's done it and he's already got his feedback. He just told me what to say and then that's, that's it. That's crazy. That's crazy. And if I hadn't met him... God knows. Get the cheat codes in life, guys. Yeah. Use these cheat and codes. And don't be embarrassed you know? to as well. Exactly. There's yeah. no reason to be embarrassed, bro. Like, be bold. Exactly. Be bold. Exactly. 
one thing I try and tell my cousin because he's like 17 yeah. right so he's just like A-levels you know a lot of the things you do in the moment in the present moment you probably might you you, you hate to admit you probably do it to impress Absolutely. people especially when you're in secondary yeah. school secondary school you're always trying to impress people and your classmates right and um and you know you go through a bit of misery when you try and do that when you try and fit in and and, and you know or you're embarrassed to talk about yourself and your injuries here's the thing think about the people back in secondary school uh, you guys, the key, people back in year seven, eight, nine that you're trying to impress, do you care about them? I don't now? even remember the, who they are. Do you even know them? Yeah. Exactly. You don't know their names. You don't care about them. Stop trying to impress people. Be Do what you want. Be passionate. Let your interests be known. Mm. If they make fun of you, they make fun of you. In five years' time, you're not going to know them. You're not going to care exactly. about them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> nah, honestly, Sachin, this has been Thank such an so interesting much. conversation. We've really enjoyed it. And I know our viewers are really going to learn a lot. I've, de- I've definitely learned so much. No, same. Honestly speaking, like, it's just about start having open conversations like this and just getting the ball rolling, you know. But yeah, we put in the book name, uh, Sachin's details and stuff where you can find him as well. The spreadsheet yeah. as well that you can purchase. Everything that will be there that you yes. can have a look at so that definitely i hope you guys have enjoyed this honestly we've had so much fun i hope you guys enjoyed it and until the next podcast stay Stay ready. ready you're listening to the dta podcast brought to you by anchor